O God, our beginning and our ending in all your saints and in one another, fill the hearts of your faithful people with the power of your love through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Since All Saints Day comes immediately after Halloween, I want to start with a Halloween story. When I was a kid, I remember one of the most special Halloweens was when my parents let me go trick-or-treating with my friends by ourselves in our small town without an adult chaperone. I remember feeling so free. My friends decided that we would meet early to get ready for trick-or-treating, and that year our goal was, we had this goal, and it was to go as fast as we could from house to house to house to get as much candy as possible. It was awesome. It was a big goal. Our parents had set us free, so now it was our turn to go and to try to get as much candy as we could. So that's exactly what we did. We had so much candy, we decided to sort it out and split all of it equally. And I remember we got so much candy, and we got, we got a certain type that, that was called now and later. And in Texas, you kind of slur it together so they were now or laters. These were kind of new to me, and I remember always like liking the ones that were the sour green apple or the watermelon ones or the grape ones. And I just talk about this and my mouth starts watering. They were the type of candy, they were the type of candy that would would last a long time because you couldn't eat them very quickly. Now I love these things and I'll confess that there's occasionally I get a craving for them and I know that they sell them at Quick Trip. And so I have to go there occasionally and get them. But the point is that now and laters last. You savor them while you eat them now, and you always have more for later because you can't eat them quickly. Over Snickers, Butterfinger, M&M's, Starburst, Tootsie Rolls, Sweet Tarts, Nerds, you name it. Now and laters, when I was in about the third grade, were my absolute favorite candy at the time. They lasted. You had some for now and some for later. It was something that continued. Kind of like our gospel for today. We're celebrating the saints of God. So what a better way to celebrate the saints past, present, and yet to come by proclaiming the Beatitudes of Matthew's gospel. Those sayings where Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger. Blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted, those who are reviled. These collections of sayings from Jesus, they're pivotal for the Christian life, and they're meant for us now, and they're also meant for us later. These beatitudes are eternal. But why today? Why are we hearing these today? We're celebrating All Saints Day. After all, we know that the saints are blessed. That's why we call them saints, What do Beatitudes have to do with saints? Well, let's think. There's probably some time in your own life when you've been poor, dirt poor, or at least you felt like it. Other times, you've felt meek, or you've been in a position that is powerless. 
or you're hungry. You don't know where your next meal is coming from, or you haven't eaten for several days for some reason. And we've, we've all lost loved ones, and we have found ourselves in grief and mourning that seemingly wouldn't end. All of us have been there. We might have been the recipients of mercy, too. Mercy from someone else, or we might have offered mercy. Or we might have been reviled because of our true identity. Then again, maybe you've been a peacemaker. Or you've benefited from a peacemaker. Or maybe being a peacemaker came at a very great cost to you. All of us have had at least one of these situations in our lives. All of us. The saints did too. And I'll bet everyone who has ever lived has had one of these, has experienced one of these circumstances. And because of that, Jesus calls us blessed. Now, churches, especially on days like All Saints Day, do a good job of speaking this kind of jargon that sometimes people on the street just don't understand. So we really need to unpack what Jesus is saying here. He uses a word to describe the blessing or the blessedness in these circumstances. In Greek, the word is makarios. Makarios. We translate it as blessed. Makarios. But not every Bible translates it that way. Some English Bibles use a word or they translate when we say blessed are the poor in spirit. They say instead, happy are the poor in spirit. There's many translations that say that. In Spanish, the translation we use at our noon service says, bien adventurados, or fortunate are those. Makarios doesn't translate well into English or Spanish, but here's why it's so important to understand this concept of what Jesus is saying. Okay, we talk about that Greek word makarios. It's a word that appeared long before Matthew's gospel was written in the Greek language. The ancient Greeks used it poetically to denote holiness or to to show that something is set apart, that it lives, that it lives in a state of being that is holy, that is loved. There's all these connotations of happiness and richness and contentment. And here's another curiosity. The word makarios is only used for living things in the Bible. The temple in Jerusalem was not makarios. Makarios is used for living things. An inanimate object is not makarios ever. Only living things. Makarios is used to show a contrast. To contrast to a situation that is a painful reality. It's a contrast to a situation that denotes that's of, of a painful reality. It's the contrast. So having someone tell you that you're makarios means that you're being placed into another state of being. You're being placed there. You're being elevated in some way. And you're being honored and affirmed and cherished and loved. And because this is a state of being where your life changes and it's shifted... It's good to receive this designation, Makarios, now and later. It's timeless. When we look at this concept in this way, Jesus is not just speaking to people on a hillside. He's speaking to us 
about our lives. You've felt hungry. You've mourned and felt sad. You've needed to offer mercy to someone else. Of course you have. In your life experience, especially in the most challenging times of all, those moments of painful reality, Jesus is meeting you and calling you blessed, makarios. Today and right now and all through time, this calling carries us onward. So where does this leave us? It's All Saints Day. This is more than a feast of just remembering. Remember, makarios is about being alive. This is about a calling for us into being, to live a life of being a saint. A call where you are being drawn into a life with God where you are a window. Literally a window for somewhere else where you're called to be the peacemaker or the merciful one or the justice bearer. Where you're called to bear so much of Christ's light and love in the world that you're literally a portal. Literally, you're a window to the divine, just like the saints from the past, so that when people interact with you, they're seeing a goodness and a love that is beyond you and beyond your physical self. They get to see a reality that is beyond what they already know, because you are bringing it to them. But this isn't about being perfect. This isn't about being a goody two-shoes or about living perfectly or casting judgment on people who are different than you or imposing your will or your beliefs on others. This isn't about this. This is about you being drawn into the very heart of God so that other people will be drawn into the heart of God through you. But you can only do this by being yourself. Whatever yourself means, your doctor, lawyer, teacher, therapist, engineer self, or your caring, empathic, loving, kind, enthusiastic self, your responsible, creative, skeptical, inquisitive, confused self, your doubtful self, your happy self, even your curmudgeonly and insecure self. All of you. You. God needs you as you're being called to proclaim makarios. Blessed are you on others, on everyone around you. Jesus calls you to be a blesser in the world. Elevating status, elevating people's status to one where they see this reality that is absolutely contrary to the painful challenges and reminders of the hard things in life. Jesus is calling you to proclaim and make the world better by showering makarios over creation in word and in action. And the saints of God at Trinity are doing this. We have started. We have started. We have abundant reminders and we have people all around us constantly who are helping us think creatively. Where is God calling us next? The team that we assembled to to creatively develop the stewardship materials this year, they wanted to tell you stories about how Jesus is transforming us into a people of worship, fellowship, 
and service. Now that we've sent it out, we've seen responses back from people that are offering the abundance of their finances with notes that offer commitments of time and dedication into our mission. But people have questions too. They'll call me. Does Trinity really need my pledge? Don't we get most of our support from grants or something? The obvious, the answer has two parts. Yes, we need you to register your pledge. We get a very nominal portion of our overall budget from grants. Very nominal. Most of these typically cover diocesan events and not a whole lot else. Our main support for the year, for now, for later, for Trinity Cathedral, for all time, our main support comes from people like you. And so far this year, we're seeing some really, I have to tell you, some very heartening and very warming responses, but we still very much need you. We're seeing people registering their pledges to Trinity for 2018, and they'll write little things like, this is out of love that I'm giving this, this is out of our, my care and concern for this wonderful place. But some are more detailed. Some are sending messages of support, of a pledge to live with us into our mission, to live with us together into our mission. This is part of their pledge of promises to cast a wide net all around Phoenix and to be part of God's offering this abundant blessing, this proclaiming makarios, proclaiming a blessing to all people that you are wanted, you are needed, you matter, and you are loved, not just by God in heaven, but by us by this community, by the agents of Jesus Christ that are sitting here, right here, in this room, right now, not just for now, but for all time. The saints from the past give us so much to see, so many experiences to learn from, so many calls upon the lives of people in their day to draw nearer to God, even when life went sour. Or when the saints got in tough and seemingly sticky, unsolvable situations, the saints heard God's call and drew others to the divine. But now it's our turn. We are being set free by Christ to gather as many people as we can, to gather people and proclaim makarios, blessed are you upon them, so that they'll see a reality beyond you and see a reality beyond the painful reminders of the hardships of life and draw nearer to a presence of love that will never let us go. This isn't my call. This is our call. We're being asked to cultivate a community, cultivate our community and recognize our vocation, our calling for us since the day we were born, our vocation as saints of God to breathe life into a world that needs us now more than ever. Don't wait for later. The time is now. Where will you go first to proclaim Makarios? Blessed are you upon someone else. Who will it be? How will you be a window to God's divine reality dwelling all around you, dwelling all around us? How will you live into your call to be a saint of God? Makarios, blessed are you 
now. Makarios, blessed are you later. Makarios, be a blesser and be blessed.